A couple in matching t-shirts asked if I was okay. Okay, welcome to episode 7 of The Failure Show. I'm Ben Frank. I'm Ida Knox. Yeah, we're, we're, we're back recording a a full episode in in shanghai this week yeah we are after ben abandoned me last week to go to taipei yeah yeah in fact that was the that was the reason i went there was just to to get away from you like i'm not gonna say i took it personally but i definitely cried so you took it so you took it personally i feel like i take most things personally because there's only two ways this could have gone it wasn't about me and you went to taipei or it was about me and you went to taipei and both of those are equally hurtful (laughs) so because yeah and i feel like whenever whenever anyone says i'm not gonna take it personally that means that they took it personally i don't even I really ought to say that anymore. I probably just ought to like wear a sign that says I'm going to take it personally. <laughs> I take things personally. Absolutely, I do. Yeah, but I don't know. We're, we're back. Yeah, we're back. Having a, a full a full episode here in the in the comforts of uh, your your apartment. I live in such a lovely home. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why you said that sarcastically. I it's, didn't. That wasn't fucking sarcasm then. It sounded a little bit sarcastically. Uh, all right, shove off. Um, all right, no. That was also not sarcastic. That sounded that <laughs> sounded uh, genuine. That sounded genuine to me. And it was. Yeah. I'm get, see. I'm, that's yeah. the thing about doing a podcast with someone. You uh, you, you get better at kind of reading their <laughs> their cues and. I just remember the other day, uh, where were we? We were at the club, and I was like saying something to someone, and I was like, "Yeah, I feel like I've." Uh, like I've learned a lot more about Ben because we do this podcast and you were like not even a part of the conversation and you just turned from afar and you were like, I've learned a lot about you too. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, did I, wait, did I say those words? Yes. Oh, I don't even remember this. No, you like turned to me to like, I was just chatting. Somebody was like, oh, I really like your podcast. And I was like, oh yeah, that's so great. Like one of the good things about it is I've like really feel like I've like become friends with Ben and I've learned a lot about Ben. And you like... Turn from across the room, make eye contact, and you're like, I've learned a lot about you, too. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Are you going to take it personally that, <coughs> I don't, that I don't remember that interaction at all? Or, yes. Okay. Yes, I am. But I think I was just agreeing with you. You were doing it in a way where it was like, I know where you keep your bodies. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, okay. And people who don't have bodies don't have thoughts like that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you said it like you were worried I was going to, like, out you for something. Like, I was going to be like, I've learned a lot about Ben. Like, he's allergic to, uh, like, I don't know. Right. I'm just like, remember what I know about you before you tell anybody. It was, like, threatening. It was like, don't out me. Like, I'll fucking out you. And I was like, all right, I'm sorry. Like, just kidding. I don't know anything about Ben. Guy's a fucking mystery to me. Yeah. Just we, we, we talk for an hour and a half, and I'm just like... I just stare at him the whole time. Not even at him, just like at his elbows or something, like non-threatening. Anyway, I think it's going to be a good show today. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be a good show today. We have uh, a fun, fun, fun guest. That's a good, that's a good friend of ours, and uh, yeah. we got we've got a lot to uh, a lot to get to. So I think uh, let's just get right to it. We'll go into fail or pass. Fail or pass. 
Okay, this is a fail or pass. Uh, the, the segment every week where we explore stories in the news. and I get really angry. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and Ida gets really angry um, sometimes about things that... Are things very like, worthwhile and worth getting angry about. 100%. Yeah, like, like turtles. Like turtles. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then we decide if the principles involved in those stories fail or pass. If what they did makes no sense, it's an unmitigated failure, or if it's justifiable. Yep. Um, and uh, for this segment, we're going to bring on our guest for the week, a uh, guy who does comedy with us here in the city, and in addition to a bunch of other things, Alejandro Scott. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Welcome, welcome, welcome Alejandro. I to feel it. very welcome here with the tea and the grapes. Yeah. He's joining in the like describing the surroundings vibe. This is so important. I yeah, wish more people. Yeah, this is a lot of what we do on this show. We, <laughs> we, 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 we describe things that people will not be able to see that, okay, that are not critical. Basically, what he's saying is it's very lovely here. <laughs> and now we should get in a fight. Um, okay. Um, do you want to start, Ben? Yeah, I can start with uh, my story. So, the story that I'm going to talk about has to do with both the U.S. and India. Cool. And so, they uh, were a little bit at odds this past week when Compassion International, a Colorado-based Christian charity, was forced to shut its Indian operations after 48 years over accusations that it had converted Indians to Christianity. Well, had it? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of a an unclear question, but, like, India has, like, for a long time, I think, has regulated kind of these companies that bring foreign donations to India. But right. I think under the, you know, the recent kind of Modi government mm-hmm. in India, they've, like, become more strict in enforcing these laws. And I think this was maybe a an organization that, although they're religious, had was considered like a cultural uh like entity like not a religious entity right and but i think it said here that like you know charities with religious affiliations make up more than half of the top 15 donors to india unsurprising so i don't know and it's one of those things so wait i have a follow-up question are we passing and failing india or christianity (laughs) (laughs) christian just to check in, or the institution, quick. like right, that, yeah, passing or failing Christianity could be like a whole podcast, <laughs> many episodes. Okay, um, all right. So I, 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 I would say I guess we're failing or passing um, the choice to kick them out. Yeah, the choice to kick like India's choice to kick them out, and I guess the charity itself, it, like if indeed they were doing some like intense proselytizing okay. like and masquerading as a charity like uh, just kind of where you fall on that philosophically sure so i guess i or i guess no let's start let's start yeah, with our guest alejandro let's not start with me yeah um, start with alejandro our, i was thinking that i was thinking that after 48 years i mean anyone can get upset of people doing things that you don't want them to do in your house yeah. So I mean, I mean, if you do it once, twice, but if you do it for forty-eight years and you have a law against it, no matter how much money you give me, I think uh, I understand. I would, I would, I'd be pretty upset too, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. So, so I guess are you, are you, are you, are you saying that just like India is is just there within their rights to enforce their own laws, and it's that simple? Well, if you see what happens. Here, what happened in Japan with uh, Christianity too, you know, with the Portuguese. It's just like, you know, we don't want this. It's just like, take it out of here. And uh, it's happened before. 
it's not going to stop happening. So I don't think it's good or not. I am not a religious person myself, but if people don't want it in their territory, I mean, it's just like a law, law. What can you do about it? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's tough because for me, like, I'm also not a very religious person, but like one of the things that I do think is positive about religion is just like the general kind of idea of charity and like the cha- and the, and a that's lot of the, the charity I, work that gets my done first joking question was actually real like were they because if it's just like a religiously named organization that's doing charitable work then fine but i actually know compassion a little bit uh and like of it and i feel like one of their tenants is generally pushing christianity at least a bit like mm-hmm. maybe not overtly proselytizing but it's definitely like converting people to christianity is one of the goals within it because mm-hmm. it's one of the ones that like churches tend to really support and like send people out on like mission trips yeah. to compassion and yeah. stuff so i feel like that means that there probably was like a push for conversion and in that case then I think India is completely within their rights maybe it's not like the decision I would have made or the one that I think is necessarily best but I still think the government's completely within their rights if it's like this is illegal you're doing it you're out so I'm gonna pass and and I think compassion is within its rights too they just can't be shocked if they get kicked out of countries that don't want them to be doing that like it's not necessarily bad not because you're giving money, everybody's gonna just like welcome you with open arms, yeah. you know. And the other thing is like I've seen, for example, I was I, a few months ago I was looking into like those um, groups that that send you to Africa and whatever just yeah. to do charity, and they charge you mm-hmm. to be part of it. So it's not mm-hmm. like oh, I'm doing charity. This is just pristine and perfect. Yeah, you know, it's, there's there's always something involved. They always want something from it too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess like. If you're any of these organizations, or if you're any organization, whether it's charitable or not, if you're going into a foreign country, you have to abide by whatever that country's laws are. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, sometimes I I see, I guess, like a similar vibe in China where, like, expats will be really pissed about XYZ Chinese law. And by expats, I mean myself. (laughs) Wait, wait, you upset? (laughs) Ida, please. I know. Like, I'll get mad about something, but then it's like, you know, it's not my country. It's not, you know, I I have every right to leave. They have every right to tell me to X. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I guess I. I mean, I don't think it's like ideal on either end of that spectrum because India certainly has like poverty issues that charity is really helpful with in places where yeah. the government necessarily isn't necessarily. But you can't really say like, oh, well, then they just have to let people like try and convert people to Christianity. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a little tough for me because I, you know, I I think overall I would probably say that, you know even without knowing as much about Compassion International yeah. as you do, my instinct was they probably were converting some yeah, of them. Yeah. Like, that's just my instinct. And if that's the case and those are the laws, like, I would say, you know, I'd probably fail Compassion International and pass India on just enforcing right. their own their own laws. Um, I can get behind that. Yeah. My only, like, just kind of thinking about it a little more is just, like... As you said, with all of the poverty issues that India has and with how dependent they are on religious organizations, like it 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 bothers me a little bit that like you know 
in terms of countries that might be more theocratic that they would that they would get in the way of a potential increase in the quality of life of their people to like you know just to kind of yeah i mean i guess maintain a certain a philosophy that allows question. them to keep power like and that's what i'm saying it's like it's like well why you know like why would you you know who knows yeah so it I, I think it's like there's a lot of com- complexity there. But on a base level of like, were they within their rights to kick out somebody who was breaking their law? Yeah. The, was definitely. the law necessarily great? Was it implemented for good reasons? Yeah. That's a deeper question. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like we're all actually pretty much in agreement on this one. We're, yeah. we're passing yeah. India. That world. Passing India, failing uh, yeah. compassion. Okay. Ida, what's your. You ready? Okay. Yeah, what, so, let's uh, tell us what your story is. within the last day that it's happened. And it's not actually one news source. It's basically all of them. Okay. Um, let us tell us what's going on with your story. And it has nothing to do with Trump, I promise. So, a lot of headlines started cropping up. Um, and this is something I kind of follow recently that said, like, within the last day, Harvard Law School is making a major change to its admission policy. Harvard's dropping the LSAT. Harvard Law School no longer requires the LSAT. The LSAT's the law school admission test in the States. So, like, all of these say, like, Harvard no longer requires the LSAT. But the actual story is that Harvard now also accepts the GRE. Yeah. So it's not it's not at all that they, like... Because I was like, whoa, like, that's a huge fucking change. And, like, I've applied to law school in the past. Like, the LSAT, like, I've taken it. It's a shit storm of a test like it's really hard and it's the bane of existence for all people who are like thinking about going to law school and so all these headlines cropped up that were like harvard does not require the lsat anymore and i was like what the fuck is going on what do you need now a secret yeah like because it made it seem like you know so you don't have to take the lsat to go to harvard but that's not what it means it means you can take the lsat or the gre so you can pick your poison of like viciously terrible admission tests but I, I guess my question is, like, is that a fair way to report on this? Because it really made it seem like, or is it just totally within news sources' rights to get you to click on the article and give a shit about the LSAT and Harvard or whatever? Because, like, they all basically, like, CNBC, mm-hmm. um, Fortune Magazine, Bloomberg, Washington Post, like, all of them basically had similar headlines that were, Harvard no longer requires LSAT. Which is not, in my in my opinion, is very misleading. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess, like, is the fact that they also allow the GRE substantial enough to have a, a headline that that without it being like just purely inflammatory? Alejandro, I just thoughts. I'm trying. I'm trying to find a point where I can disagree with you, <laughs> so we can have some conflict. That in is here. not the point of this show it's not the disagree well, with Ida show well you just, you just kind of is <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it, often tur- it often turns into that but you are just to, talking uh, about it just like you getting angry and fighting so I'm just I'm trying to just like you know I mean I, so the flip side is like it's true in some instances they don't require the LSAT like they don't require it you could take the GRE the not only requires. Yeah, it's it's that they're missing a word. They're missing and, a word, and that is, is that's done deliberately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I cannot just do anything else but agree with you. It's, it's, it's clickbait. All right, it's, it is. It's clickbait. Yeah, they it made is. It clickbait. It is. 
I actually read that article and I was thinking of doing something related to it for the show and I'm glad I didn't. Nice. Because you, you ended up choosing it. Um, so that would have been hilarious if we chose. That it, it, so it, it would have it highlighted our issues with only having like one major news source on this, <laughs> on, this on this program. Well, it would have highlighted that you maybe would have needed like a pre uh, a meeting pre recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't understand and refuse to respond to that. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> can't possibly. It uh, it throws off the spontaneity if we know what the story yeah, is. Yeah, then we fuck less shit up. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, so I I kind of it. It bothers me less now than it did like when I first saw it. But when I first saw it, I was like, I had that gut reaction of like, what the fuck? Like, no more Elsa. And then I clicked on it and I was like, I don't want to take the goddamn GRE. Like, <laughs> well, help. Okay. But I, I mean, I, I saw the article and I read it. And to me, like that, but that was the, the headline. Cause like for, for all of time in the U S Every single law school has required the LSAT. So the fact that you could but go to not just any law school, but a major... require it in a huge way. Like, most people who want to go to Harvard will probably oh, those people still will, take the LSAT. People will still take it. Um, it but, makes it sound like they don't require any standardized tests. Yeah. Like, they ditched standardized testing. They didn't ditch standardized that's, that's testing. That's not they what it said. It. But it's a, it's a possible interpretation. It's the natural interpretation, I would argue. Not necessarily the only interpretation, but it's the natural interpretation of that language. And it's inflammatory, and they knew it, and that's why they all picked it, because people would click on it. And I felt okay, like but I it's had still been true. lied to. But it's still true. It's, you're not lied to. It oh, was... Bing, you're going to make such a good little lawyer one day. <laughs> it was... And you take your GRE and go... Right. <laughs> yeah, right. But by saying that... I don't have to take the LSAT anymore. So, yeah, I don't have to necessarily take it. It's to get you might have to take it. You have to take the LSAT or the GRE. You don't not have to take. Okay, so 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 you said people, you they could have written Harvard now accepting GRE as alternative to LSAT. Yes, yes, that would have been accurate and not inflammatory and still a big deal. I. Honestly, I don't really think this is inflammatory at, at all. It's like... Are you kidding me? It's not giving 100% of the information in the title. No. But I so disagree with you here. I think it is absolutely... Like, I, I think it's just completely meant so that people are like, What? Harvard doesn't require standardized test scores? Harvard, the king of all education? Like, like, like now I have a chance. Right. Like, that's what it's meant to do. <laughs> it, well, but it, trainer, well, but it does make a, a difference because if you're someone who, like, just for some reason... It, like tests way better on the GRE than your test on the LSAT, then you might think like so like some people might have. Then not you might have no idea from the headline that that was relevant at all to what the story was about because it didn't fucking mention the GRE. It but you would, but you would, you would. But if you were someone who hated the LSAT or thought you were bad at it, you would still click on it. And then if you were also bad at the GRE, you'd be like, oh, this sucks. But if you were good at the GRE, you'd be like, oh, okay. This is so still... like, there's a specific subset of people that you think that this argument works for. Yeah, I got a question for you, Ida. Like. <laughs> Because you've been you've been through this, right? Yeah, yeah. I've so what's your take? What which which one is worse? Oh, I've taken both. Um, mm. For me, the GRE was worse because I'm terrible at math. Not because I'm a girl, just because I didn't have an actual education until I was about fourteen. Um, <laughs> thank you, mom and dad. Thank you, <laughs> thank you mom and dad. They, they know that. Um, but I, I honestly like I think it depends on who you are. 
And the whole point, the whole premise behind it, I think, is good, which is that someone who was considering both graduate school and law school now does not have to study for two separate standardized miserable tests and pay to take both. Also, the GRE is offered much more internationally, whereas taking the LSAT in Shanghai was a joke. Um, They didn't even have AC in the room I took it in, and there was like drilling upstairs. So it was just like imagine taking the LSAT in Shanghai. It was that. Um, Oh my god! (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I feel like no one actually care. I can can think of uh, Drew's joke, like a guy on a a bicycle. Contiao. Yeah, just just, yeah, the guys with a bell just coming through, like selling you, selling you shit. Anyway, I think I think the the fact that Harvard is doing it is definitely pass, and the way that it was reported on is a fail. I agree. Ben okay, um, I I would say what Harvard is doing is good. It's a pass, and um, I <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm I'm gonna say the way that it was reported on is not. The best pass, but it's not bad enough to be considered a fail Fine. in my in, in my book. Fine. Fine. It could have been reported on better, Whatever. but I don't. I wouldn't have called it inflammatory or a travesty. Okay, well I would have ended. <laughs> <laughs> and I will stick by that phrase. Um, okay, so that was a fail or pass. Uh, we we were mostly in agreement for the segment with just a little bit of me. Disagree with Alejandro and Ida at the end there, but we're, uh, yeah, that was Failure Pass, and let's uh, move on to the next segment. Failure of the Week! So, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we have Alejandro Scott here, and uh, we're going to learn a little bit more about him today and his story, but we're also, um, before I forget, because I always forget, we're going to start off with small failures yes! from the past week. Yes, we are. Um, <clears throat> things that things that we've uh, you know failed at in the past week that are minor that kind of get us in the mood um, you know to to share you know kind of things on a more deep level um, so what's your what's your small failure yeah I guess I guess I can start um, and then while I'm talking um, you know we can we can kind of talk through what uh, okay. what I did so I guess I'm gonna go something that it did happen technically still in the last week it was uh, last weekend when I was in Taipei. Okay. Um, after the, the the show that I that, that I headlined there, we went out to like a, a club in, Ooh, in Taipei. Big club in Taipei. Yeah, yeah we were yeah we were clubbing, <laughs> and uh, oh yeah, making it rain. Alejandro's doing the making it rain. See, it is so important right to provide context. Well, that was important. That was a very important right. thing to Jisubha, provide. Jisubha. It was a little more important than oh, people are handsome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways. Um, so, but it was cool because it was in Taipei, so it's like, it's, you know, it's south of here, so it's it's, it's warmer there, and they actually have this, like, outdoor area with all these tables. Um, Were you dancing on a table? Well, no, the club wasn't in, wasn't outdoors, but, like, this outdoor area where people hang out, and there were kind of, like, a couple clubs in that area. So people, like, hang out there and, like, basically get out, outside of there, they, like, get drunk on, like, 7-Eleven beers. Yeah, and that's then, what I did. Taipei. Yeah, everyone. That's that's the primary. I've learned that that's the primary place where people drink is Seven Eleven. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like an even more extreme, like than the Family Mart phenomenon in Shanghai. Yes, okay. it seems like just people. That's where they get their beers. That's where they drink. But anyways, so I was in Taipei and we were we went to this club, and um, 
So basically, we were trying to get into the club, and one of the guys was like, oh, a way to get into this club, or someone was telling me, just tell like the people in the front, just say you're with Jake's group. You know, like do one of those things. Just say you're with Jake's like group. Like you're trying to get into a frat party and type it Yeah, well, just like without paying. So we so we basically, we had our 7-Eleven beers that I was just talking about, um, and we hadn't finished them, but we were like, oh, we'll just put them like down here. We'll go see if we can get in. Like We'll get a stamp, whatever, then we'll finish the beers, then we'll go, we'll go back in. So basically, myself and one other guy, we just like, I put my beer down on one of these tables in this plaza that mm-hmm. was not far away from the club. He put his down like under one of those like temporary construction walls. Wait, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, I've never seen one of these. This is the most elaborate short failure I've ever heard. All right, those temporary construction walls, like hit it under it, and then we went. And just, like, try to get in. We were not able to get into the club without paying. The guys were just like, no, this Jake thing is bullshit. Um, so basically, like, two minutes later, we walk back, and both of our beers are gone. Is that the failure part? Because there's many parts of this story at which I feel you have failed. <laughs> I mean, both the getting into, not getting into the club and, like, losing the beer are both failures. So then we had to pay to get into the club. Yeah. And pay for more beers. Also, in Taipei, why would the guy be Jake? Like, Jake, what was it? Like, just I think Jake. it was Jake. Why, why wouldn't it be Jake? Because it's Taipei, Ben. Well, there are a lot of foreigners in that club. Could it be Jake? <laughs> <laughs> Did you get your tones wrong? And is that maybe why you didn't? Get oh no, the, the whole club? thing was happening in English, and I wasn't the person asking. So, and, so anyway, that was my small failure. Um, <laughs> yep, um, I have mine. Okay, Ida. Um. I was cutting a lemon to put lemon in my water at work, and I got lemon juice on my uh, notepad. <laughs> really? Wait, elaborate. <laughs> is that, lemon juice on your what notepad. Do you mean that's it. I had a really good week. Okay. Is that gonna be? Uh, is that gonna be an intro for another episode? Um. Well, I was debating whether or not to tell you now because it. it I spilled lemon juice on my notepad. Fuck <laughs> you. Um, yes, that is the only thing I have failed at this week. I have right. been otherwise oh. flawless. Look Very excellent. I wish I had that confidence. Wow. Right? Yep. It's pretty impressive, Ida. So, All right, yeah. fess up. What's your small failure of the week, Alejandro? Well, um, for the, uh, we had uh, arranged for us to do this a few weeks ago and had one. And uh, it was just a competition that I participated in. I did not win, but I was one of the finalists. Uh, I wrote a script for the Shanghai Vancouver Film School, and I got to be one of the best scripts. But I did not win, and my my goal was winning, uh, being top one, because it meant being top, being top one. one. Yes, just be a, be the one. Because <clears throat> um, thing is, uh, it was a full tuition scholarship. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, that's right to the winner. Oh. Yeah, so I only got like they offered me like thirty thousand RMB. Okay. Discount from a hundred and thirty. Yeah, so it's still like yeah, it's still a hundred thousand RMB that I will never have. So <laughs> that was for last time. And now I actually wanted to 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 bring up a new thing that I've been doing, and it's just today actually is a week since I started it. Oh yeah, sure. It's What's called it? selfies with strangers. Oh, I've seen your oh, pictures. Yeah. Of this. Yeah, and it's terrifying. It's terrifying. It's just... Oh. How do you pick your strangers? I've seen... So on WeChat moments, like, 
imagine any social media feed. Um, <laughs> I've seen like your pictures crop up with different people, like you've been numbering them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you pick your people? I, okay, the first one was like, I, I thought about it like a few days before, and then I was like coming out of the, the, the Kung Fu Comedy Club, and I was on my way home, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna start tonight. And I saw a couple policemen, and I was like, hey, I, saw, I spoke to them in Chinese, like, hey, would you like to take a picture of me? I was like, all right. He, pulled, he, had, he was wearing like a face mask. He just like pulled it up. And I'm like, all right, picture. And it was super fun. I was like, I felt so good after that. Yeah. And I thought it was going to take me like several tries. But yeah. the first person, I was like, all right. So I started, kept doing it once a day. Okay. But, and then I tried with, um, I saw a man dancing by himself in the park, yeah. as I normally do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was super nice. Like, oh, yeah, sure, picture. But then I said, oh, this is easy. Like, I'm, I'm choosing easy targets, you know? Mm. You know, Chinese middle-aged people, you know? They're, like, super... You know they're super eager to, to get a picture with a foreigner. Yeah. But if, I if you, if you ask felt them. a little bit like you were describing, like, being a serial killer. And you were like, this is too easy. Like, middle-aged, <laughs> on their own, looking friendly, like... Limping. <laughs> um, they don't yes. run too fast. Okay. And, uh, and then I started, like, okay... So, for example, every time I now I see somebody that I find slightly interesting or even attractive in some way, I, I'm like, okay, I would love to get a picture done with that person. I would love to have a, a selfie with that person. And my heart starts like going like crazy and I get super nervous. My hands are sweating like, oh, I'm going to ask him. No, I'm not. I'm going to ask him. No, I'm not. And, then I've, and this happened to me several times where I don't do it and it feels terrible. That I, that I didn't even ask. Not that I got rejected, that I just didn't ask. Like I was waiting for somebody outside the subway and there was this, like this guy, this very tall man, Asian man, and he was like wearing like this blue coat. He was like super like well-dressed and like like great posture. And he was like pretty cool, nice watch. He, he was pretty well-dressed. And I was like walking around him uh. in front of him. And so I was like trying to make eye contact. I was like, hey, hi, you know? Mm. And I was like, oh man, it's terrible. And then a woman approached him, spoke to him in Japanese. They were both Japanese, mm. I, I found out. And uh. she asked him, are you this guy, this person? He said like, yeah, like oh, that's me. Like with a pretty cool face, like, yeah, that's me. And she's like, oh. And then she like took a few steps back and took like a sneaky picture of him. Uh. And I was like, I should have. And then the guy left, like, I should have asked for the picture. Oh, it would have man. been such an awesome picture and then realize the guy was like somebody famous or something yeah. oh man that that's been really awesome cool. and, it, and it just not only happened to me once it's every day I try this and every time I fail to just ask how many pictures in are you? I've done six so far today okay. I complete the week after this I'm gonna go out and try it again yeah wow very nice very nice okay well those are our small failures but some successes of the week and for, for Alejandro sure. more successful than either of us were yeah that seems accurate um yeah okay cool so uh we're gonna we're gonna move on a little bit and uh, I guess learn a little bit more about you Alejandro because you've been you've been living living in China for what seven years yeah it was gonna be seven in in a few weeks beginning of April wow oh okay. yeah yeah that's like Ben and I combined Pretty, I think it's more than the two of us combined. Well, more neophytes. Well, I was going to ask, was it like a failure or something that brought you here? Or was it more just random fate? It was, uh, I want to call it luck. I don't okay. believe in it. But the thing is that I <clears throat> I had frozen my university. Like, how do you say that? It's just like, 
put it in like I wasn't sabbatical or yeah something like that like you were like taking yeah you were taking time off from university yeah and uh and I was going back and I and I was looking I, I just I, I just started that sabbatical and I wanted to look for jobs and I found one that said I was online just like looking for it and I was going up through and as I said uh, if English teachers native I was like my English was even worse than this before it was just so bad and well, your English is really good now, so I don't think it would yeah. be that much. No, it would, I don't think it would be difficult for it to be worse. Uh, well, yeah. That's it, what could, it could be worse. It could be right, exactly. Yeah. It could be a lot worse. It would, but well, you imply that your English wasn't good now when I'm telling you it is. So anyway, sorry. Hey, doesn't matter. Go, go on. I, I, thing is, <laughs> thing is, it's that I'm not, but I'm just going to, it's, it's a click, you know, just click on, on the mouse, just like apply. No, yeah. Nothing, it hurts no one. And then I see this thing that says, Expo Shanghai 2010. We need oh. we need people that have this 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 and the thing that I remember is like a minimum of three languages, mm. and I had Spanish and a half. I mean Spanish and a half of English. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I apply for native English teacher, right? So it's like another click won't hurt no one. Yeah. yeah. So so I, a few days later, I get called for this English teaching job, mm. and I get accepted. I I start working there. I started teaching English, and it's all right. It's fun. And all that. All right, I'm happy with this. And a um, month and a half or two into it, I get a call like, "Hey, we're from the Expo Shanghai. Like, we want you for an interview." So you were you were already you were already in Shanghai at this? No, no, in, in 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 Chile, back back home. Oh, okay. Oh, so you were teaching English in, in Chile? In Chile, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And and I was like, oh wow. And uh, so I got a, I, I got to through like two or three interviews and it was like and it was luck in the sense of of uh, there were more than 25,000 people applying for this job wow and then later I, I found out like most of them had somebody they had like connections that got them in and yeah. I had no one so I was like wow I was because they could have chosen somebody way more better qualified you know because mm-hmm. I did not speak uh, Chinese and there were I saw people in the in during the interviews who did speak Chinese hmm. and I was just pretty lucky Huh. So I was I, I can I can say that probably I was kind of failing at college at that point, and then luck brought me here. Mm. Mm. I think that, that so so you got the job. I did I did I did and I and I came here and a and a job was pretty easy. It was just like you know like what was it the Madagascar movie the penguins when it's like you mm-hmm. just smile and wave. That's all I did. <laughs> smile and wave. Get your pictures done with like Chinese people for the first week or month. My like the muscles in my face, like we were like sore. So wait, like, what were you doing? Just being a host, just like being there, oh, okay. just having like this face and say yes, I'm from Chile. Do you so you're just at like the Chile Pavilion at yeah. the 2010 Shanghai yeah. Expo? I was just there. That's amazing. It was fun. That's so oh my cool. gosh, Shanghai was so much fun at that point because I was working in the expo. I had like the pass, I could go in and out, and they were like there was a party every night. But it, but the Shanghai Expo was like a it was a huge deal. It brought it's responsible for why so many people ended up here, because um, yeah. it was just they and also responsible for for how strict the laws have been getting with the with the visas. Yes, yeah, I mean because it well yeah it just caused like a huge influx of of foreigners and just Humans. just people just people descending onto onto Shanghai. But anyways, go uh, well. Uh, following with that, I, after the expo, I failed at getting a job. So did you want to stay? Like no, you, okay, uh, this is this another failure that happened during that time. I had just met a girl. Mm. 
like a few months. Oh, that was that was pretty good. <laughs> and she was from Ecuador, and, oh, okay. like, and we kick it out pretty well. It was, it was it was an, it was one of those stories that you hear like you see in a movie, like just love. It was perfect, like first sight, or whatever. And I never believed that that could happen until it happened to me. And I was like, this is bullshit. This is not happening until like, oh, I'm I'm into this. Like I, I'm in this relationship right now. So <clears throat> she. When I first met her, she had a boyfriend. But then, no, no, nothing happened. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Uh, so I, oh I, my god. No, Sorry. no. All right. So I'm gonna try to put this very quickly. We had like this. Uh, we met on the streets. Uh, we talked. I bought. I bought her lunch. We had like a nice conversation. She told me my boyfriend's gonna come to pick me up. So when he calls me, I gotta go. All right, no problem. So, and then she gave me her email because I knew she had a boyfriend, so I didn't want to ask for her phone number. Right. Because I didn't want to be like, uh, you know, just an email. So she gave an email, gave her my email, and then like, oh, just write to me. I'll be, I'll be glad to just like stay in touch. So <clears throat> I did write her like a few days later. She did not reply. Like, I was like, waited for like a few more days, like another email, like nothing. A couple of weeks later, I tried a third time. I was like, you know what? It's okay. doesn't matter. And then <clears throat> this happened like a few months before. I knew I was coming to Shanghai, but like a month or, or two months before I was coming to Shanghai, she, she, she writes me an email. I was like, hey, I thought you were going to write to me. I, I thought like, like, what the hell? I wrote you three emails, girl. Right? What, what are you talking about? And then I look at her email. She had misspelled her own email as a mistake. Oh. She had failed to write her email. Whoa. Oh my goodness! And then I was like, "Oh my god!" That's good because I thought three was really excessive. So I'm glad. That I know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was worried for you. No, that's crazy. What did she say? We met the day the day after, and every day until I came here. Did she still have her boyfriend? No. By that time, she had broken up with him. Yeah. They were, she was single, and so we started meeting every day. And, uh, Wait, where were you living at this point? In Santiago. Shanghai? No, in Santiago. Oh, okay. just, just before coming to Shanghai. Just before. Okay. And uh, um, what happened? I. Uh, oh, well, but then you moved to Shanghai. Yeah, I told her, I, this it. thing is happening. I'm not going to quit it now because I, I would not forgive myself for not taking yeah. this, this opportunity, right? Yeah. And she's like, no problem, no problem. I'm going to be there like for six, seven months and you just like wait for me. She's like, I'll wait for you. And oh. I was so ready to come back. And then we started talking on Skype like every day and whatever. Uh, one day she started like being weird. I'm like, what's going on? And it's like, you know what? I think we should stay friends. Mm. I'm going back with my ex-boyfriend. And I was oh. like, damn. So that thing plus other things in my, my failure at, at college thing, you know, like not feeling college full. And I decided to just like, you know what? Stay. I'm gonna stay. I'm staying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I haven't even been back once. In seven years. In seven years. Yeah. How did you visa that? Oof. Well, you do you do different <laughs> things. I'm sure you've gone other places. You just haven't gone gone back to Chile. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I've been to. I've been around. I've been to Japan, one of my favorite places. I was in Spain and Denmark. I spent a month there. Okay. Yeah. So, so you've like you jetted out of China, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, but for the first years, I was here, like, yeah. like stuck here. And Shanghai the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm so <laughs> glad that that's 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 where they sent. I, that was where the expo was. Yeah. Because. <clears throat> It's not that other cities are, are not good. It's just that after living in Shanghai for such a long time, it's such a cool city, such like it's easy. But other cities are good. 
No, <laughs> it's. I mean, if we. It's, it's super international. Yeah, and it's. I'm so comfortable here that if I if I had to go to I don't know anywhere in Hubei province probably. <laughs> I'll be like, oh wow! So just one KFC, right? That's all we have, <laughs> you know. The, the, the highlight of the town, right? So, so you had trouble uh, finding a job, like I did. I did. I did. After have, I had to teach. You had to teach. <laughs> I had to teach. I, I mean, the, the, you you're not the only person that's ever had to teach in China. No, no like we but all started. But you taught English before. Yeah, yeah, that was that, that's. I studied English linguistics, so okay. So it was it was part of what I was supposed to do, not what I wanted to do, but what I was what supposed, were you to supposed to do. To do. <clears throat> so I taught, and I and but in the beginning, I we were I was very poor. Like I had no no. I like I ate all my savings from the expo because I was mm-hmm. I didn't come with no money because I was just expecting to go back right yeah I actually came I always remember I came with 14 kilograms I don't know what it is for you Americans like 5 liters I don't know <laughs> <laughs> it was like, 30, like 30 30 pounds 31 of pounds of luggage oh. yeah. yeah I thought we were talking about money no and I was first like, time I thought you about came money. with 14 kilos of what gold like <laughs> well either way 14 kilos of whatever it is is like 31 pounds of whatever it is. So no, it's like, I actually had like, it's a little bit of clothes and a few books. I, okay. just, I brought books. But the point is that is not like a very heavy suitcase to bring them like no. across no, the it, world. It, it was like a bag. It was just like a, like a backpack. And that's oh all I brought. Oh my God. And then that's I was amazing. like, I was here and I was here and I was like, you know what? I'm staying. Well, the expo paid well. Mm-hmm. And then at that time it was like, what? 1,200? Yeah. No, wait, wait. No, sorry. 12,000. 12,000 12, RMB. Twelve thousand RMB a month. Yeah. Okay. Well, so and, yeah. And, the, and, the, and the apartment was paid for, and we had like a shuttle bus. Yeah, okay. that's pretty, like, pretty like good. Like the bills were. Yeah, the bills were. Yeah. Paid. yeah, it was pretty good. It was. If actually, you're not paying housing, twelve thousand. Yeah, because that's like an. Because that's like a, a, like a half. You know, that's like a still a salary you can live on here now. now. Yeah, yeah. And at this that time, seven, and this was seven years ago. So at that time, yeah. it would be like what twenty twenty three thousand probably. Yeah. Probably. Which and, which would be what like. Kind of like higher end teachers, you know, like like. Well, this, uh, that was the expo. That was the expo. Right? Right, right, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, so for that time, certainly an above average salary. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. City. Just just to give people an idea who don't live in Shanghai. He wasn't as poor when he worked at Expo. And I and I and I, and I just did this. Oh, he was making it rain again. <laughs> I think that they understood. He was making, <laughs> he was making it rain at the Chile Pavilion. Oh, Jesus, Lord God. I, I, I did not save because I, cause, I don't know. Because I thought life was like that and I was going to get a job like that afterwards. Right. Mm. Which did not happen. So I was... What, ki- what kind of jobs did you want if it wasn't like... What? I started, I started looking for... I don't remember. But I started looking for anything. Anything. And it turned out... like. Because the thing is, it was not that there were no jobs. Is there was way too many of us trying to stay. Mm-hmm. You know, way too many foreigners saying, thinking that Shanghai is amazing because we had the idea of the pavil- like the, the expo, like uh, party yeah. every night. Well, still happens, but <laughs> but but, yeah. but it was different. Like it was like a little community of you know, little craziness. Like our little town, because the expo was huge. Our little town of craziness. Yeah. And. Uh, um, yeah, so we're with way too many people, and then I just got like one class or two classes a week, and of course it was not paying my bills, no. let alone my rent. So I started eating my savings until I was just like, I had no money, I had like 20 quiet a day. 
Mm. I remember there was one day I just like I, I had no money I had nothing to eat and I opened my book and there was like a, a couple of 20s saved there because they were like one of those new ones so I put them yeah. in the books you know because they, yeah. they look nice I'm like oh my god I can I can eat today oh my god. Oh it was god. so good it was so good that day I did not have like clothes and that was the year 2011 when it when it snowed in Shanghai oh, no. I was so and I had to go to, to teach a class it was so cold man it was terrible wow so you so you were just you were literally cold, poor, and broke. And ugly. <laughs> Aww. Aww. That hasn't changed. Wow, but that, I mean, so how did you how did you manage to climb out of that? Uh, I got into a, a school, like a private one-on-one tutoring uh, center, and I taught it, and, and they first got me there because they, I got it there because they, they had like this ad for a uh, Spanish teacher. Mm. So yeah, I, I, that's uh, me, hablo español, so. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I could do that. Well, qualified. <laughs> so I, I went qualified. there. <laughs> I went there, and uh, fun fact. <laughs> it's not Spanish, but. I know, not not, qual- not Spanish at all. Me qualified is just so not Spanish. <laughs> and it's, it's not good Spanish or English. Or English. That's English. what makes it funny. My friend, okay, okay, quick, quick, quick joke. Word. My friend, uh, he's he's from Denmark. Uh, he was in Spain. He told me he d- spoke no Spanish, so he was in Barcelona. He's, he wanted to go to the beach. Okay. And he thought like adding an O at the end <laughs> would make the word Spanish. Oh God! So he's like, "Hey, where's the bicho? Bicho? We want to go swimmo, swimmo." <laughs> uh, Victor, if you're listening to this, I love you, man. You're great. Oh dear. That's great. Okay, so anyways, you 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 got a job as a Spanish teacher. Yeah, and they thought at tutoring center. Yeah, yeah. So and um, they were like, uh, like I was just teaching one class only, right. one class a week, because they they needed one. They had only one student asking for Spanish classes. I was like, yeah. doing an awful job as an as a Spanish teacher, and uh, <laughs> um, and then they asked me, hey, can you teach English? By the way, I was like, that's what I started. Come on! Yeah. yeah. So and they, they started giving me a lot of classes until the point where I was working there from Monday to Monday. I had no days off. So then I like... Had well, money. I had monies. Good. So I had good. I had three monies. And three, uh, three monies? <laughs> Two or one. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then, then I started surviving. Like I started like buying things and having food and, and clothes and stuff. Wow. And I paid rent and everything. It was, it was good. It became good. Wow. So, I mean, so how how long did you kind of do that gig for? Like work, working there doing Spanish and, and English? Three and teaching. a half years on and off. Okay. On and off because I hated it. Like, I, I it was just, it was a mess. It was a mess of a school. It was a mess of a school. It was, it was, I can say this now. Um, it, was, it was such a shitty school that... We were all kind of illegally working there, kind oh. of, you know. There are a lot of those. Yeah. So, and I could not say I couldn't like just say I couldn't take off because it was it was it was paying my food, my my, my rent, and everything. And uh, uh, like they had different centers in all around China, mm-hmm. and in Beijing, the police went to to to, to one of the centers, like gave them like, like to find them for whatever. So. For, for a while, for a couple of months, we were asked, because this all happened, the, the office or the center was uh, one of the offices at a hotel building. Mm-hmm. And uh, f- 
for a period of like two months probably, we had to be teaching the classes in the lobby of the hotel. Oh. Because if they caught us teaching, they would ask for like if police, if the same happened that happened in Beijing, the police came and say, hey, can I see your passport? Can, do you have a visa to, to do this or whatever? Are you legally work, are you registered with this company? Oh. You know, we could have been in jail or whatever. Wait, or, wait so how did teaching in the lobby solve that? Because problem? we were not at the... Solid follow-up question. Because, yeah. the, because one of, it was, this, this, um, the school was renting one of the offices. Okay. So we were not part of the company. Because you were in the lobby and exactly. not in the office. Exactly. It is like if instead of like being at the company, we were at my my apartment. So it could have been just like a private tutoring thing that so you I do guess, on the side. I, so I guess you were you were just like a rogue teacher, but because you were a rogue teacher in the lobby, they couldn't they couldn't prove that you weren't legally working for yeah. that company because yeah. there was no company that you were saying you were actually working for. Yeah, yeah. That makes I was sense. okay. I was not in any build in anybody's company that said we, I taught English there. So the lesson here is, people, it's better to just be honest that you're just teaching on your own and don't have a real job than trying to pretend you belong to a real company legally. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and backtrack. That is not the lesson here. <laughs> no one learned that lesson. That is not what we are trying to promote. Okay. Um, not at all. Yeah. That's just what it sounded like. But anyways. <laughs> well, that, that lasted for like three and a half years on off. And then I went to a little bit of a crisis with Shanghai, and um, that was a very... 2014 was a really bad year for me. I, uh, I got a lot of anxiety, mm. really bad. And that was actually more, more or less the time when I... Because I'd been following Kung Fu Comedy for, for, for a number of years at this point. Yeah. Two or three already, I guess. And I think I was there almost after they started, like when they, they started going, I don't know. I, I, I was there, uh, I started following them for, for, from the, almost the very beginning. Uh, and that's when I actually decided to, you know what, I want to do comedy. Yeah, <laughs> so, you, so you had a lot of anxiety that you're, what, kind of what, what do you think that that was due to? Probably feeling trapped in Shanghai. I was not enjoying Shanghai. Hmm. I was not having a good time. And... Uh, I don't know. I tried. I, I did not leave. And uh, and the school, of course, I wasn't I wasn't happy at that school. And, and at this point, I'd been doing it for three over three years, and it was just like I was feeling miserable. <clears throat> and uh, and I made the mistake of not opening myself to more things in Shanghai because yeah. there's so many going there's so many things going on. And uh, I don't know. Like, I knew there was comedy, but it was the only thing that I was doing. And I was living in a very Chinese neighborhood, eating very Chinese food. Mm-hmm. My, 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 the school I was working was, like, around where I was living. So I, I was not... Getting out. Yeah, I was just doing China life, you know? Yeah. I might, have, I might as well have been living in, in Hebei province, as I was saying, you know, with yeah. one KFC only. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so... I'll play Ben, because Ben's playing me and asking all the hard-hitting questions. So, um... That that was a bit insulting. (laughs) That was insulting. I mean, I'll be the optimist. 
Okay. Because one of the things that we kind of like are interested in is is figuring out like how this influenced like your perspective now, like how things that were challenging or were potentially failures kind of led to. What are you laughing at? Quit that. Go, go ahead. Um, kind of led. No laughter. <laughs> we don't believe in that here. Like led to maybe where you are now, or a more positive outlook, or a different attitude towards like what it is to fail at something. Um. Okay, it's gonna get a little dark. Go for it. Go for it. Um, that sounded just a little bit creepy. Who <laughs> likes it dark? <laughs> well, we like it honest. Yes, we like it honest. Um, That's true. Okay, so my anxiety went was so bad that I couldn't leave the apartment for months. Like it was at that point, and I was only only feeling better when I was sleeping, mm. and. Um, um, my whole day was just like watching comedy on the on the internet and trying to sleep because I was like the the anxiety was just like I would step out of the apartment and just like I couldn't even breathe. So I still have like some of that, mm-hmm. but it's just nothing compared to it, what it was. And I when I started feeling a little bit better, started going out and whatever, I I I thought, man, comedy just saved my life because. Because for me, it was just like when to fall asleep again. Mm. And I realized that I just wanted to sleep. And it was just like, I just want to die. Like, like basically, I just don't want to be awake. Because mm. that's just painful at that point. At that point, it was just so bad. So um, when I started going out, I started like trying to enjoy more things, trying to realize, oh, I'm, I'm a lot better. I'm, a lot, I, I'm able to just walk outside. Um, and then... I started having panic attacks, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the subway, on a bus, in a taxi, and I couldn't eat just like, and the point, I think what changed my life a lot was buying a scooter, because hmm. hmm. it gave me the freedom I didn't have. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and I was like, yeah, like, I was so upset about X thing that had happened. And she was like, oh, like, where do you, like, sneak off to in Shanghai to, like, cry if you're really upset? And I was like, no, no, you just, like, in front of everybody because it's it's so, there's no, like, if you're on the metro, you can't be like, I'll yeah. just be in this corner. Like, I remember I remember one day, it was like, I felt like the, the panic attack was coming. And I said, I had to get out of the, the train. And the door starts closing and I can't get out. And that fear, like, I'm going to have a panic attack and I have to go through the whole tunnel. Yeah. And I was like, I need to look cool because at that, like... At that point, there had been a video that had that had, had gone viral of a foreigner passing out oh. in the subway, and people, Chinese people, just running away from him, like he just like was contagious or something. Mm. And I was afraid that that was gonna happen to me. Mm. So I was like, I, you know, stay yeah. conscious, don't, you know. And and it was so bad that people like were looking at me; they were like afraid of my face. Oh my goodness. So yeah, when I bought the scooter. And just the wind on my face, it was like, I can breathe, you know? Yeah. And that, and they gave me the freedom. I didn't have to take the subway because it was like, like it was stress, stressful for me. And, um, and also I started coming to comedy more again. And uh, at that point it was in, in another location, something, the whole split up had happened. It was just like, uh, everything was new because I, I, I disappeared for like, for like a period of almost a year. I was yeah. like, just like in a cave. I was not even working at that point. Uh, I was 
barely making it. And then I decided to, to do comedy uh, for the first time. And I was terrified, terrified, terrified. I had a panic attack on my, on my chair, like sitting on my chair, <laughs> like waiting for my turn. You know, yeah. I had I had a little one. It's like, <laughs> and then I, I went on stage, and I and I, I don't even remember if I did too bad, but I did not do great. I remember yeah, that for sure, of course, and because I remember my jokes were, ugh, you don't want to hear them, <laughs> and um, I uh, I got off stage, and I was like, it happened. Finally, it just happened. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be part of my past, to say that I have done this, yeah, and I survived it, mm-hmm. mm. and I can just do it again because it happened. And and for a long time, every time I went on stage, my heart was just like crazy. And until this day, like when was it? Yes, last night at the at the showcase, I was yeah. like, but you know what? I've been through this. Yeah. And when I started doing and when I started doing Chinese over mics too, I could do it in Chinese. It was like, oh, I can't breathe. But you know what? I've been through this. Yeah. Once in Spain, though, that was a big failure for me. I was in Spain. I was doing a show there in Spanish. Mm. I got a panic. I had a, a panic attack on stage, and it mm. was a paid show, and I had to get off stage. Wow. In the middle of the show. Mm. That was terrible. I just, I went outside. I, 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 I got better. I, I, I took a breath and came back, grabbed my bag. They yeah. just, just went back home because I felt like crap that night. Oh. Ben and I have both kind of thought about, talked about, and part of the impetus behind this podcast was how often you're forced to fail as a comic. Like it how is, good it is because you... I love that. You can't, you can't be like, you can never, even after a great show, um, you can never be like, well, that's it. Like, I'm a great comic. I'll never fuck up again. Yeah. <laughs> like, it doesn't happen. Um, it's like the next time you try a new joke, you're walking right back into almost the same, like, yeah. feeling. Yeah, it's like as soon as you start to feel good about yourself. It means you start writing new jokes. <laughs> yeah. I love that from comedy, yeah. from stand-up. I love that specifically for, like, I just that's one of the things that I love the most because you have to fail and be okay with it. Yeah, repeatedly yeah. if you're going to be doing it. I, oh, my God, that changed my life like a, like, like, I don't know. It, it turned my life around because I it's just it feels so bad when you do poorly at an open mic or a oh, show yeah, for sure. it feels terrible for people who don't know <laughs> try it, it go ahead and yeah go ahead and try it and then realize that hey I'm still alive mm-hmm. and yeah. it's just so good and you know that you have to keep failing in order to bring something good to to, to what you're doing yep yeah. And, yeah. And, and that applies to all aspects of life, you know, you know, and it's and it's just you there alone with a spotlight on your face, and yeah. and, and it's just like your thoughts, your most inner and personal yeah. thoughts, and trying to be vulnerable for for a fucking pity laugh, like yeah, haha, that was funny, and then people just like I forgot about it, yeah. you know, yeah, and for yeah. you means so much, for you is such such a personal thing, and when he does not do as you expect it to be, you know, it's just, ah, it just, yeah, especially in the beginning, especially when you're starting, feels like, oh, I've been doing it for over, for over a year, uh, and a half to almost. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, all right. Uh, I suck. That's, doesn't matter. <laughs> I suck. I suck. And that's also part of what I'm doing with that, going back full circle again, the, the selfies with, uh, with yeah. strangers, you know, it's just, yeah. like, I need to fail. I need to fail so I can, so I stopped being so afraid of just failing because it's part of everything. 
yeah being alive sure. is it, it has it has a lot of failure in it yeah i mean it between comedy you you know kind of the the selfie thing you're doing now the you, i know you did the screenwriting thing but you've also done like done other writing as well it, it, it seems to me like you're you're finding a lot of creative outlets at this point in your life and it seems like it's made you a lot made you a lot happier oh i i, I yeah i am the happiest i've ever been like i um yay in a very non-sarcastic way <laughs> that sounded yay. sarcastic but i meant it that's good i mean in this like like in, in terms of what i'm doing i'm the happiest i've ever been because um like before, uh, like as I said before, like I wasn't sure what I was doing in college and then came here. Expo was just like a little dream that kind of happened, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And then just like the rough time here in Shanghai, then like this, like the, the crisis and then discovering comedy. And through comedy, through stand-up, I, I discovered improv that yeah. I've done with you guys. Yeah. Which is insanely beautiful it's just great it it's great doing that i want to go back to it pretty soon too i'd love to have time to do that and uh from that i i, I discover improv improv uh, uh i'm a friend of that i'm that, that i they made through uh improv put me put me uh, in contact with like a uh, local like like a like a director here in shanghai i did a couple of short films and i because i did acting when i was a kid and uh, I did a little theater, and it's just like it took. And just like and I love writing, and I've always I was done writing. So, started writing my things, and then I started writing uh, scripts. I'm writing. I've got a few short films. I'm hopefully shooting one or two soon. I want to try to do sketches too, and I'm like doing so many things. I did like a short film the other day uh, in Chinese, which is that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, and, and I'm pretty happy with all of that. I just. Um, I'm trying to make that life in in, in my my bread and butter, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's 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 the difficult part. But the good thing is that thanks to stand up and thanks to all these hard moments that I've had in, uh, in in my time here, I know that failing is just part of it, and it's okay. Yeah. Like I I just like ah like I have a bad day and I go like to bed upset. I'm like fuck. I can't wait to wake up tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's, good. that's that's what I think. Like I just can't wait. I can't wait to wake up tomorrow because today I feel like shit. But I know as soon as I wake up, I'll just like pull the curtains open. It's gonna be just like a new fucking day, and it's like I have another opportunity to try again. You know? Yeah, and that's yeah, it's really really great. And I'm, I'm yeah, I'm glad that you have so many so many outlets now that uh, keep you motivated to to work hard and explore your yeah. passions and that you've you've come through some difficult times but it seems like you're you're on the other side of it and you like you like the things you're doing so that's that's really that's all really good to hear yeah and i'm also very glad you guys are doing this podcast yeah. oh it's, thank it's, you it's, it's well, a really good idea i mean yeah. it's just like it's not just like a podcast it has like a like a very important and deep topic to it you know well thanks so much for coming on today yeah and telling your story thank yeah, you guys for for tea grapes and <laughs> yeah it was really 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 yeah. nice to have you on um so yeah that's uh that's uh it's been the failure show yeah until next time Bye.